morning, Grace Church. What a beautiful song. What a beautiful song. God of Jacob, God of Moses. God who has done so many great things through history. And um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to worship God and to be able to sing to Him. Thank you for making the time for being with us here and worship with us. Just want to tell you and remind you that we are here to help people to find and follow Jesus. So if you're, if you're part of our church, last week I mentioned this and I will say it again. If you are part of our church and you are not helping people to find and follow Jesus, then you're not living according to our model, our, our, you know, our vision, what we're trying to do, our mission, to how to accomplish our mission. So we're also a church in transition. So last week... Last week, uh, we had a great uh, elders meeting, and, uh, and we went uh, through some of the steps that we're taking right now to be, able to, um, to be able to transition our church into, you know, with the new vision. And today we have a meeting with the vision team. So I'm encouraging all those that we have invited to come and be part of the vision team uh, to come today. Today our meeting is going to be at 3 o'clock um, so I'm um, looking forward to see you guys there and share with you guys some of the stuff that is going to be that, that are going to be happening in the boot camp that assist church expansion is uh, is going to be helping us with. So today uh, we are going to continue on the on our study on this amazing book of James. Uh, it's it's so convicting just studying to be able to uh, prepare a sermon, to prepare, a, a, you know, the sermon, to uh, be able to share with you guys the principles and the, and the commands and everything that we're learning from God. It, it, it's, so, it's so amazing, the conviction and, and how God speaks to your heart as you're preparing. So I hope that as God has spoke to my heart uh, through the preparation of each one of these uh, messages and sermons, on the book of James, I hope that it's also doing the same thing in your heart. That you're not here just to be a hearer of the word, but I'm, I'm hoping that you are being, then you're deceiving yourself. Uh, you know, we can be, we, you know, there is thousands and thousands, millions of people sitting in churches every Sunday. And all they're doing is hearing the word of God. And a lot of times we're doing it as a, you know, it's a thing to do. It's a thing we're supposed to do. But we sit, we hear, you know, and it's, it becomes a religious thing to do, right? We're just used to doing it. We're supposed to do it. But the question is not if you're doing what you're supposed to do or what you've been told to do. The question is, if when you're hearing God's Word, are you really hearing God's Word the way you should? Are you processing God's Word the way God wants you to process the Word? Because when you hear and you process God's Word the way God wants you to process His Word, there will be transformation in your life without a doubt. So, do you remember the famous uh, cell phone commercial that, that would encourage people to switch providers? That's that famous, yeah, yeah, that one that you're thinking about. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And that guy would go from place to place, and he would walk and from, from, one, from, from one extreme to the other extreme and, and say, can you hear me now? 
and then, good. So that means the other person, whoever it was, was hearing it. So a lot of people switch to that network just because this guy was saying, oh, it's got the best, uh, the best reception, whatever, whatever they were trying to sell you, they sold it. And, and they were very successful. A couple of years later, the same guy, he's going, can you hear me now for another network, for another company, right? And so a lot of people, they said, so, oh, that, that one's better now. They saw the commercial and they basically got, they, they, they fall into it. And, um, and uh, it's interesting because people were concerned about having a good connection with one another all the time and to understand each other um, and to avoid any misunderstandings because of communication. Communication is a very important thing for human beings. So from the right understanding will derive your actions. Your actions will come depending on how you understand things. I can imagine God asking us this morning, I give you the Bible, so can you hear me now? I give you the Scriptures, can you hear me now? I give you so many sermons online. We are bombarded with sermons. Nowadays, more than ever in history, right? The question is, can you, can you hear me now, God is asking. In chapter 1, verse 19, last week, we were, we were focusing on our sermon uh, that, that God is encouraging the Christians that James was writing to and tell them, be quick to listen. To listen to what? Last week we went over this and he kept on telling them, be quick to listen, slow to speak, be quick to listen to the Word of God. So these believers were going through a lot of trials. We saw that before. From verse 2 to verse 12 in chapter 1, we noticed that these believers went through a lot of trials. So God is telling them through James, be quick to listen to my Word. Be quick to listen to my Scriptures when you're going through trials. And as a natural result of trials, they were experiencing also temptations. And so be quick to listen as you go through temptations. So as you go through trials, as you go through different temptations in life, you need to be quick to listen. Why? Because in the Word of God there is power. Power for what? Power to help you, to encourage you, to give you comfort as you go through the trials. Verse 2 to 12. Power to give you the strength and the wisdom when you go through temptation. Verse 13 to 15. Why did James command this? And last week we saw a couple of this. Uh, James commanded them to be quick to hear the Word of God because the Word of God was, go- was, was going to be helping them to get through all these issues. Whether it was trials, whether it was temptations, problems, misunderstandings, it was God's Word who, were gonna help, who was going to help these people get through it. And, and so last week we were talking about that the reason James is telling them, is encouraging to be able to hear, hear God's Word is because as they were experiencing trials, is the Word of God that was going to give them comfort. And as they were experiencing temptations, it's the Word of God that was going to give them the strength. And as they were being deceived, it was the Word of God who was going to guide them to know the truth. So last week, I asked the question, how well are you listening to the Word of God? How well are you listening to God's Word? Today, my question changes just a little bit. How is the listening of God's Word transforming your life? So today I'm not asking you just if you're hearing the Word of God. 
Today I'm asking you, how is the Word of God transforming your life? Because it all depends how you hear the Word of God for you to be transformed. You, you know, I, I hear this in my 26 years of ministry, of teaching the Bible. I heard many people say, you know what, I, I, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be there, I don't want to go to this class or to this other class, because I just don't, I don't feel like I'm growing in the Word of God. Well, let me tell you, there's no worse deception when we deceive ourselves. The Word of God is powerful to transform anybody's life. It's not up to the Word of God to transform your life. If there are things not changing in your life, it's not because God is not powerful. It's not because God's Word does cannot do the job. It's because we're not listening to the Word the way we should. It's because we're not obtaining. We're not listening. We're not receiving the Word of God the way we should. And so James is going to tell us about that. P pay attention. One, one, one thing is to listen. Another one is to listen with the purpose of applying what you listen. But one thing is just to hear it. It goes one ear and gets out the other ear, right? We know that saying. But the purpose of hearing the Word of God is to be able to digest the Word of God and, and, and saying, Lord, if this is what you're telling me, I'm here on Sunday morning, I'm sitting here not just to, not just to do one more thing that I'm supposed to do as a Christian. But I'm here sitting this morning to be able to hear what you're telling me so I can process that, so I can make part, that, that part of my life, so I can be transformed. Because James is going to tell us the Word of God is like a mirror. And that mirror is supposed to tell you what you need to change in your face, in your, in your life. But it's up to you to do it. Sorry if I'm too direct. But reality is that every week there are millions of people around the world getting together for worship. And they listen to sermon after sermon, but there's no res it's not resulting in transformation. It's not resulting in transformation. What seems to be the problem? Is it the sermons we're hearing? Are, are those the classes that we're hearing, that we're going into? Are those the Sunday schools? Are those the small groups' problems? Or is it the recipient of the Word of God that's having some trouble? I like the way James said it, and we're gonna we're gonna read all the way from from verse uh, we're gonna read from verse 19 all the way to uh, verse 27, which we're gonna finish today, chapter one. So that way we can get the whole context. James, after telling them, okay, you've been struggling with trials, you've been struggling with temptations, and you know that God has given you His gift, His perfect gift. He said from verse 16 to verse 18 is the Word of God. So as you experience trials, as you experience temptations, He's giving you the perfect gift to be able to handle those trials and those temptations. The perfect gift He's giving you is the Word of God. And so He says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to listen. And we went over that yet last week. Uh, he means the Word of God. Be quick to listen to the Word of God. Slow to speak. So don't talk before you understand what God's Word is really saying. Slow to wrath. Don't get mad when God's Word calls you out and gets you. For the wrath of man 
does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness. Check this out. God is telling you that the problem is not His Word. The problem is how we receive it. The problem is how we process it. And He says, receive it with meekness. The implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Important. Verse 22. But be doers of the Word and not just hearers. Not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his, his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Check this out. Not just, he's not just saying be a doer of the word. But if you are, if you pay attention and you are a doer of the work, you will be a doer of the work. Then this one, this person, who is a doer of the word, and not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. After reading today's passage, what seems to be the problem then? Is it the sermons? Is it the classes that we're taking, the Bible classes? Or has the sermon, is the sermon probably uh, you know, falling on the hearers? On the recipients. Uh, let me just share one more verse with you from Isaiah chapter 55. In Isaiah chapter 55, Isaiah is telling the people of Israel. He's telling them, it's not that God is not speaking to you. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, verse 10 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprawl. So the rain and the snow have come down from heaven to do its work. And it's doing the work that it's supposed to do, Isaiah is telling them. It's doing the work that it's supposed to do. It's, it's fulfilling the purpose that it's supposed to fulfill. Giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So what Isaiah is saying, the, word, I mean, the, the rain and the snow are doing what it's supposed to do. So the rain and the snow have a positive transforming effect on the earth and on the person who is using it for sowing and for eating. So should my word, the Lord says, be that goes out of my mouth. It should not return empty. The same way the rain and the snow does its work, the same way my word that goes out of, out, out of my, from my mouth, will do also the work that it's supposed to do. It should not return to me empty. But it should accomplish, it should accomplish that which I purpose and should succeed in the thing for which I send it. So God is saying, my word will do the work. My word is powerful. My word will not return to me empty. My work is being my word is being sent out 
so it can do the work in your life. The question is not, can the Word of God do it? The question is, are you receiving it the way you're supposed to receive it? Are you doing what you're supposed to do to be able to let the Word of God transform your life? It's amazing. When I was reading some of the statistics of how many Christians go to church and how many people, what the percentage are in churches that are real, true believers who are applying the Word. It's amazing. I won't even share that with you guys because it's, it's embarrassing. But let's come back to our text. James is telling them, during trials, the Word of God will give you comfort. During temptations, the Word of God will give you the strength. During the times of doubt, uh, be quick to listen because the Word of God is going to give you the, the, the wisdom to know exactly what's true and what's not true. And now, from verse 21 through 27, which is our text today, he tells them how to listen. So if the Word of God is so important to help you through trials and temptations, and, and through the times that we are going through so much, so much deception in the world, here is what the Word of God should be doing in your life. But it's up to how you receive the Word of God. Can, can you think about what areas in your life are being transformed as a result of the Word of God in your life? Can, can you think about some of those areas? Or maybe can you think about some of those areas that you keep on struggling and you keep on saying, you know what, I, I just can't, I don't see the change, I don't see any hope in changing in this area, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that, I just don't see it. Can you ask yourself, am I receiving, am I just going to church just because I got a check mark that I went on Sunday? And it's tough to hear that, right? Sometimes all we have is like a, we, it's like we have a list of check mark, check mark, check mark, done, done, done. But God says, that's not how I want you to come and hear the word. And, and, and so let's dig deeper into this text. Let, let's see how James is telling them how to receive the word of God that will result, will result in a transformation for their lives. Will result in a transformed life. So the, the first thing that we're going to look at it today from verse 21 all the way through verse 27 is the process of receiving God's Word. And I'm sure if I ask you the question, do, do you want God's Word to transform your life? I'm sure everybody here is going to say, yes, that's why we're here, Pastor. Right? Common sense, Pastor. That's why we're here. We want the Word of God to transform our lives. So... It's important to understand there is something that we got to do before even receiving the Word of God. So this morning, before you even came in here to receive God's Word, there's one thing we're supposed to do. There's one thing we're supposed to do. Look at it. It says in verse 21, Therefore, remember, it's talking about the importance of the Word of God through trials, through temptations. It's important to hear the Word of God. And see, he, so he says in verse 21, Therefore, before you even hear the Word of God, lay aside all filthiness. Whoa, that's a strong word, right? Has anybody ever told you, man, you're filthy? Whew, it's offensive, right? When I used to come from playing soccer, and my, my sister or my mom would say, you're filthy, don't even come into the house. But a lot of times we come into the Lord's house with a lot of filthiness. 
And we're, we're trying to let the Word of God do something in my life, but that filthiness will not allow me to. And let me explain a little bit more this. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow. It doesn't just say, get rid of the wickedness in your life, but He says, overflow. Whoa! I don't know if you ever pay attention to that part. Filthiness and overflow of wickedness. So, you know, what's the difference? So James says, if you really want to experience transformation, the transformation power of the Word of God in your life, you've got to do two things before you even receive the Word of God. You've got to prepare your heart and your mind before you even come and receive the Word of God. Because you're not coming just to, 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 you know, just to do another religious act. You're coming because you want to hear God telling, speaking to your life, speaking to your heart, so that way there can be some changes in your life. There can be changes in your heart, changes that need to be done so you have a better life and you can please God with your own life. So James is telling them, you got to do two things. you got to get rid of all filthiness and you got to get rid of the overflow of wickedness. So check it out. The word filthiness that he uses there, the word filthiness, is the word in Greek, ruparia. The word in Greek, ruparia, refers to the term used for wax in the ear. Isn't that amazing? Even the Word of God tells us to clean our ears. But he's telling us directly to clean our spiritual ears. If we are going to come to hear the Word of God, when we do, whatever we go, whatever we hear the Word of God, it's important that we clean the wax in our ear, which impairs the hearing. I don't know if you ever had to do uh, some cleaning on that, because um, uh, there was a point that I couldn't hear, and I thought, am I losing my hearing because of, uh, you know, when you're shooting, when you're in the army, and you're, and I'm like, no, it was just wax. Right? And so some of those people put that little candle thing that they put it in, and then you're like, whoa, is that thing inside of my ear? No wonder I couldn't hear, right? But a lot of times the filthiness that we have is a spiritual filthiness in our mind. And if we don't get rid of that, we're not going to be able to clearly hear God speaking to us. And so basically he's saying... Um, It blocks your mind. Wax is a serious barrier to our clearly hearing and comprehending the Word of God. So he says, get rid of what's blocking your mind. Remember, the wax is in the ears. So it's telling you, get rid of what's blocking your mind. So I'm wondering, when you come here this uh, this morning or when you come to church, how how do you hear the Word of God? I, I mean, do you come with some thoughts? Do you come with some struggles in your mind? And, and as you're sitting there and uh, Pastor Roy or I or somebody else is preaching here, are you thinking about those things instead of thinking and meditating on what you're hearing from the Word of God? Are you thinking about the problems you had this week? Uh, let, me, let me tell you something. This has been an interesting week. It, it, every week is an interesting week for me, right? But, but then you get information about this, about that, and then, and then you're trying to concentrate in your sermon, and then all of a sudden somebody comes and says something else, and, and they, just, they, just put more, they just put more weight on you, more things to think about, and it's like, okay, I'm trying to 
get rid of all that filthiness. So I can concentrate in God's Word. So I can have my mind clear for what, I, for, for what God wants to do in my life. And a lot of times, and a lot of times we just carry those thoughts. We carry those situations in our heads that when we get here, our mind is blocked. So a lot of times we just say, oh, that was a good sermon. Great. I don't want you to tell me it was a good sermon. I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 of course, I'm glad you're telling me that because I get some feedback. But what I mainly want is that you tell me that sermon has helped me to think about because I need the Word of God to transform my life. That's, that's what God wants you to say. That's what God wants you to want to hear. Letting you pay attention. So a lot of times, you know, you, we need to pay attention and concentrate in what God is telling me. Get rid of whatever is blocking your mind or taking space in your mind when you come and hear God's Word. So the, one of the reasons why we're not transformed is because we're not really listening. We're just one more body in the pews. But we need the transformation. We need the change. So this week, as I've been preparing this sermon, I've also been fighting with all these things that come into my head, that come into my mind, because there is a lot of things. I mean, as a matter of fact, yesterday there was some stuff coming into my head, hearing some stuff, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I just, I need to preach tomorrow, and I, need, I want your word, to do the, the, your word to do the work in me so I can communicate that to the congregation but watch this he says get rid of all the filthiness that's here in your mind blocking your mind but also get rid of the overflow of wickedness so what is that what is the difference with that the word in Greek is the word kakia it pertains to sin that may reside deep in your heart and it may be sin that only God and you know. There are some sins that only God and you know about. Other people don't know. But, but he says, get rid of that. Ask God for forgiveness. As a matter of fact, God is the only one who can forgive you of your sins. Get rid of the, 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 the deep in your heart, the sin that is deep down in your heart. That's the overflow of sin. So basically, what James is telling them, it's all filthiness. It has to do with the mind. Unblock your mind. Get rid of anything that is hindering you from hearing God. And get rid of the overflow of wickedness. Get rid of that sin that is hidden in your heart. Clean your heart. So, two things. Clean your mind, James is saying. Clean your heart. And when you sit over here, you got a clean mind. you got a clean heart. Now you can hear Lord, if there is anything, remember what Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 5, if there is anything that somebody has against you, go and talk to that person before you even come to the altar to offer worship to the Lord. Get rid of that feeling, get rid of that sin in your heart, and go, then go and offer worship to the Lord. Otherwise, it's not going to do anything in your life. You're just going to do what a religious person does. Show up, check, pray, check, sing four songs, check, 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 check. 
Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I hope you do. Because that's what God's saying. The heart and the mind. Get rid of all these things that are not allowing you to hear the word that can transform your life. Do you know what a, do you know what a farmer does before he, 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 he throws the seed on the field, in the fields? What does he do first? First he has to do what? To do what? To, right, right? And then they clean. If there's rocks, if there's anything, they got to do the cleaning of it. So if you want the Word of God to be that seed, to go in and produce fruit in your life, you got to clean the field. And the field is your mind and your heart. So from now on, when you come to hear a sermon, don't come to hear Pastor Oscar, Pastor Roy. Come to hear a sermon and say, Lord, I need to be ready for what you're going to tell me today. Lord, I, 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 I want these things that are in my mind to stay outside of church. When you do your devotional time in the mornings, Lord, Lord I'm just going to worry about my coffee. That's the only thing i got to worry about. But I gotta. I want to see what you're gonna tell me, and I want to leave all these thoughts and all these things that are, you know, that are overwhelming me. And I need to hear you, Lord, because when I hear you, and then when I have a heart ready to hear you, my life is gonna be transformed. The power of the Word of God is there. The problem is not the Word of God. The problem is the feel where the Word of God is going to be planted in. we got to have ready the field, and we are the field, our mind, our heart. So what do you do during the time you're listening to the Word of God? How do you process that? So you do this before you hear the Word of God. You cling all your filthiness. You unblock your mind. You straight up your heart with God. How do you process the Word, God's Word, in your life then? Then the Word of God, the way you process it, we already read that, the, these verses in, uh, in verse 19 and verse 20. So we're going to read now verse 21. Therefore, lay aside, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And then he says, then first of all, you're going to receive with meekness. Then you're going to implant the Word which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So basically, James is saying there's four steps here. After you get ready your mind, after you get ready your heart, and, and do yourself a favor. If you don't get your mind ready, if you don't get your heart ready, you can come and hear the next 52 sermons in a year. But you're just going to be lying to yourself. How many of you like for people to lie to you? We, we, we don't like it, right? We don't like it when somebody lied to us. How about you lying to yourself? That is the worst thing. That is the worst thing that I lie to myself. Because I, I, I deceive myself. I can convince myself in my mind, no, I'm good, I'm good. Now don't say you're good when the Word of God is. You're not doing what it's supposed to do. As a matter of fact, look at these four steps process. 
in, in verse 19, he says, be quick to listen. So the first thing that you do when you come to hear the Word of God is you listen. But you got to have an unblocked mind, get rid of all the filthiness. you got to have a, a heart ready for it. you got to have a heart ready when you get rid of all the overflow of wickedness in your heart. So now that you're ready, now you listen. But you can be a listener, and that's okay. But then the second thing he says, uh, listen, and then the second thing he says in verse 21, receive with meekness. So first you hear, then you receive the Word of God as the Word of God, as the truth for life. But it says also receive it with meekness, with humbleness. Lord, it's not what I want your Word to say to me, it's what your Word actually says to me. And you know that word meekness is, is similar to, the, uh, to the, the, those nights in the old days. That they will receive the sword from the king, right? With humbleness. Whatever you give me, I'm here to receive. It's what you're saying, Lord, not what I'm saying. It's what you're thinking, Lord, not what I'm thinking. Now, he says, not just listen and receive with meekness. Accepting God's Word as the true Word of God. But then he says one important thing. The implanted Word of God. So, hear it, receive it, implant it. You know what that means? That means make it part of your life. That means a lot more than sometimes than what we can even think about. You let the Word take root within you. The Word of God becomes part of you. It doesn't just lay on the surface. We don't just, we don't just listen. We receive it. And with the purpose of implanting it, we make it part of us. So you take the Word of God and you say, Lord, I just heard the Word of God. And sometimes, only stays, sometimes people only stay at that stage, at that step. Step number one, they just listen. They don't receive it. They don't implant it. And so they don't make it part of their lives. Because when you make it part of you, then the four steps comes into place. In these steps, the Word of God takes root in our heart, and it becomes a part of who you are. But then you go to step number four, but be doers. So you hear, you receive, you implant, then you do. You hear, you receive, you implant the Word, and then you do. But be doers, verse 22, of the Word of God, of the Word, and not just hearers, only deceiving yourself. James is saying, you know, what do I mean by being a doer? Verse 23, this is what I mean by being a doer and not just a hearer. For if anyone is is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at one, and at once he forgets what he was like. But he who looks into the perfect, into the perfect, you have implanted the Word in you, and you look into the perfect law of liberty. What a, what a beautiful thing to describe the Word of God as the law of liberty. Because God does not manipulate anybody. 
He lets us to make those. He tells us His word, and we, if we love the Lord, if you love me, you will do and keep my commandments, He says. So it's the law of liberty. And continues in it. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed. So in verses 22 and 22, all the way through 25, gives us a lot of the heart and the vision behind James' letter. The heart and the vision of this whole letter of James is, if you say you have faith, but your faith is not, you don't back it up with your actions, your faith is what? Your faith is what? Dead. But if you do according to what you're saying, your faith is a living faith. So that, this is the heart. This is the vision behind this whole letter. And it's like, okay, if you're saying you're a Christian, if you're saying you are a believer, if you're saying the Word of God is really taking place in your life, and, and you get rid of all the filthiness and all the weakness in your heart, and you're hearing the Word of God, and you're receiving the Word of God, and you're implanting the Word of God, then the Word of God is going to take you to do the work. Then that means you are going to be experiencing transformation in your life. So he says, basically, be a doer. And so James, through the whole letter, he's going to keep on challenging us. If you're saying you are a believer, this is the way you should behave. If you're saying you have faith, this is what real faith looks like. This is what fake faith, faith looks like. Because you can be a hearer of the Word. You can receive the Word. But, but if you don't do... What it tells you to do, you are deceiving yourselves, James says. You are convincing yourself of a lie. And so James is saying here, if you only hear and you don't do, you're kidding yourself. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. That's how the commercial went, right? Good. So, so many people in the world, in the world, Hearing, but they leave and forget. They, they, they leave and they forget what they heard. But when you hear, receive, implant, was really going to make a real change in your life. Is the transformation power of the word of God? If we don't do according to what we hear, we are kidding ourselves. We are deceiving ourselves. Let me give you a couple of examples. How many of us hear sermons besides the Sunday sermon? I'm sure all of us do. And if not, you hear little pieces and here and there from Facebook. Uh, you hear uh, YouTube. And then there is a pastor in the other side of the world that you like. All you got to do is go on the YouTube channel. And then there's no need of TV anymore or anything like that. We can hear anybody we want in the world. But it doesn't do anything if you don't do according to what you hear. We hear sermons, for example. Let, let me give you a couple examples here. On Ephesians chapter, uh, we hear sermons on Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. That verse says, and this is a great sermon when we, when we talk about this. I love it, and I love to encourage people to do this. And so a lot of times we hear sermons on this text, and it says, Be angry and do not sin. So a lot of times we make that a whole pony, right? 
Be angry and don't sin. do not sin. So how many of us get angry and do not sin? Woo! Be doers of the word. Right? So the Lord is telling you, it's okay to get angry. It's part of our emotions. What's not okay is how you react when you get angry. <coughs> so be angry and do not sin. And, and there's, there's some more here when we prepare a sermon on this text. Because it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. What that means is, don't allow one day to pass. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't let the sun, don't let your day go by before you come and fix it. Is that what we do? You don't have to tell me that. that that's, that's for you to think about. But is that what we do? If we are angry at somebody, do we allow days, weeks, months? I, 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 can, I, I never forget when I, I was doing counseling with this couple, and they, were not, they had not talked for two months. So I was like, are you serious? You guys been going to sleep in the same bed? Aren't you afraid she's going to take a knife and just... Nah. Or he's going to put the pillow on top of it. No. Two months without speaking. But the Word of God says, do not let the sin go down on your anger. Do, do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Because when you don't fix things as soon as possible, what the devil does is he takes advantage of that. And the more time you allow to go by, the more things the devil puts in your brain, in your head, Oh, maybe they're not talking to you because of this. Maybe they're not talking to you because of that. And then you start assuming things that are not true. But a lot of times we hear these sermons, but we don't do anything about it. So we're hearers, but not doers. Let me, let me go easily to another text. We hear sermons on Matthew 7.12. Matthew 7.12 tells us, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, also do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So whatever others do to you, whatever you want, you want others to do to you, do, you do it to them. So how many times do we really apply that text? How many times do we really treat others, and starting with our homes, in our homes, how many times do we really treat others how we want to be treated? How many times do we fail because we hear the Word of God but we don't do? Now, let me give you another one. Simple. And we're not going to read the whole text. But remember Matthew 28? Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20? It tells us, go to the world and make disciples. So I can preach a whole series during 52 weeks through the whole year here about making disciples. But you got to be the one going out there and making disciples. So you got to be the one out there reaching people for Christ when you're hearing that God keeps on telling us, go out there to the world and make disciples. But it doesn't do anything in my life. It doesn't transform any areas in my life. If I only hear the Word, but I don't do the Word. So James is basically saying to have the process complete. That process where you hear, you, you receive, and you implant. 
The process is only complete when you do. So there was, there was a time when a, when a person, uh, this, this lady, this beautiful lady, used to tell me, Pastor, Pastor, your sermon was really good today. And then he said, but that was only, she, she, was, she would say, that was only half of the sermon. I got to do the other half. Beautiful 75-year-old lady. And she would be like, she would be smiling and say, the other half is I got to go do it myself. So half of the sermon is what I'm telling you. The other half is you doing it. Get rid of the filthiness. Get rid of the weakness. If there's any weakness, overflow weakness in your heart. Hear the Word of God. Receive the Word of God. Implant the Word of God. Ask God, what do I do, Lord? How do I do it? I don't want to just be a hearer. Because if I'm only a hearer, I'm deceiving myself, Lord. I'm deceiving myself. I don't want to keep on deceiving myself. I want to be transformed. I want to change. I want to change in my life. So James is calling us to be doers. In verse 23, he says, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who views his natural, he is viewing his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once he forgets what he was like. Here we have a big responsibility, my brothers and sisters. We have a big responsibility. We have a mirror, the mirror, and, and we, we, we lifted the mirror of the Word of God. And, and let me put it to you this way. A healthy person looks at themselves in the mirror, not to admire themselves, if they're healthy, of course. If they're healthy, they don't look in the mirror just to admire themselves. And, oh, man, look how good do I look, right? Woo, man, today I look even better. No, a healthy person doesn't do that. No, you look at yourself in the mirror because you want to do something. You want to change something. What would you think of a person that they go and look at themselves in the mirror and, and you ask, why are you looking at yourself in the mirror? Don't you ask your kids that sometimes? When they're going through that time, through that stage where, man, it takes them like half an hour. to, And all they got to do is comb their hair, right? And they go through that stage. Now, I don't know. Maybe they'll answer you. I don't know. I just love looking at myself. Well, what are you going to do if you're looking at yourself? Are you going to clean your face? Are you going to shave? Are you going to fix your hair? Are you going to put makeup? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to do any of those things. I just love looking at myself. That would be a problem. There's a problem there, huh? What would you think if somebody tells you that? Even so... A healthy Christian looks into the Word of God to do something about it. A healthy Christian looks into the Word of God to do something about it. Not just to get information. But you look at the Word of God to say, you know, what are the areas that the Word of God is my mirror? And the Word of God, what are those areas that the Word of God is telling me that I need to change? For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. He is like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. The kind of person that only hears God's Word and not do it, 
has the same kind of sense, the same stability as the man who looks into a mirror and immediately forgets what he saw if you don't do anything about it. What would you say about that person who looks in the mirror and immediately forgets? And I look in the mirror, I see that I have a, a gray black mark and on my face and it needs to be cleaned up. And I see it and then I immediately forget because I don't do anything about it at the moment, about that big black mark in my face, uh, you know, that I should clean up. The information that I receive in the mirror did not do anything good in my life. And that's what it seems that there are people who look at the Word of God like today. They seem to receive the Word of God, but it doesn't do anything any good in their lives. And it's not because of the Word of God. It's because the way they are receiving it. It doesn't change their lives. Why? Because they are hearers of the Word and not doers of the Word of God. But by the way, uh, here in verse 23... You see the, and it's, and it's also in your outlines, in the front page of your outlines, it's right there, the text. But, but the word doing, uh, viewing, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. According to the Greek commentators that I read, the ancient Greek word translate viewing here has a sense of careful scrutiny. You look, at, you look at yourself with carefulness. And it's the word that is used for careful scrutiny. So what James is talking about by analogy is people who may give careful scrutiny to the Bible. Watch this, scholars. Watch this, because you can be a scholar of the Bible. You can be a big student of the Bible. And that's what he's saying right here. You can be viewing. You can, you, you can stay, stare at the Word of God all day long. So what James is talking about by analogy is the people who may give careful scrutiny to the Bible, yet nevertheless, they are not doing it. Brothers and sisters, this is it's a wake-up call for us. It's a wake-up call for us. This is telling us that we can be real students of the Word of God, yet fail to walk in God's wisdom. Fail to be blessed by the Word of God. Why? Because you receive it only and you hear it only, but you don't do what you're supposed to do. This is a serious warning that James is telling us. And this is a real test of true faith. The real test of true faith, faith, Without works is dead. So the works that you do is the result of the work that the Word of God has done in your life. When you are a doer of the Word, you will be doing the work of the Lord. If you are a doer of the Word, you will do the work of the Lord. Verse 23. So... It, Again, um, verse, I'm sorry, verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and it is not a, for, it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So when you are a doer of, the, of what God's Word says, you will do the work 
that God says. You know, in this verse, so many people assume that instead of work, it says work again over there in that in that in um, in verse 25. They assume it says work again. They don't relate the word in the work. So if the word of God is doing the work that it's supposed to do, you will go and do as a follower, as a disciple, you will go and do the work of God. And then you will be blessed by doing it. The question is, are you doing what God's calling you to do? Are you doing what God is calling you to do? What, what does it look like in practical ways to be a doer? And, I, and I'll finish with this. What does it look in practical ways? James finishes with giving an example. Verse 26 and 27. Watch this. So James has been telling them, you're going to go through trials. Verse 2 to verse 12. You're going to go through temptations. Verse 13 to 15. But God has given you a great gift that is His Word to help you through the trials and the temptations. So God has given you a great gift that is the Word of God to give you the strength, to give you the comfort to go through those things. But now, here is how you are really going to put that tool into work, at work. Here is how you're going to put the tool of the Word of God to help you to do something different in your life as you go through these trials and temptations. But how do you prove that the Word of God is really doing the work in your life? You prove it with your actions, not with your words, James says. So your faith will only pass the test of living faith when you are a doer. So you want to show me your faith? Show me your faith by your works, James says in, verse, in, in chapter 2. Show me your faith by your works. So the test of living faith is, the faith is when you are a doer, when you have faith, your faith is shown by your actions. Verse 26 and 27. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This, person is a, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this. You want to show that you are really a Christian? Worry about two things, he says. To visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. Three things, he says here. You want to, you want to show yourself? You want to know yourself that the Word of God is doing the work in your life? Check three things in your life. The way you talk is one of them. You know, it's amazing how many Christians nowadays think the same bad words is not a big deal. Did you know that? In the old days, man, you would say a bad word. Even non-Christian parents, they will smack you and... Why you said that in front of me? Disrespectful. You cannot even tell younger people nowadays. You tell them that's disrespectful, they get offended. But, so, but the Christian culture, nowadays, is so easy. I hear, I hear younger Christians in churches, and they use foul language, foul language with not a problem. And, and so, the way we use our words is one thing. The way you help others and serve others is another thing that you test your faith with. 
And by the way you're, you live your life, being a doer, faith without works is dead. Can you hear me now? Simple. It's there. I don't need, I don't need to do an interpretation of these, these verses. God is telling us. James is, God is, God is telling us through James. His readers, uh, you know, you will go to trials. You will go to temptations. You have the Word. But the problem is not the Word. The problem is you don't know how to listen. You don't know how to receive. You don't know how to implant it. Much less you're going to know how to do it. So you need to learn how to listen, how to receive it, how to implant it, and then do it. Do it. It's like when the doctor tells you, you need to take certain type of medication, right? You have an issue. And you're like, no, I don't need to take that medication. And God is telling you, this is your medication. The question is, are you going to take it? Are you going to ignore God's Word? Are you going to prepare your mind and your heart before you come? I'm just going to finish with this. I'm going to tell you, I am so glad you're here. You, you are here to hear the Word of God. But God wants you not just to hear it. He wants you to do according to what you hear. From now on, if you didn't know that, you're responsible from now on. That when you hear a sermon, oh, the Bible tells me I'm supposed to go to church. Eh, I'm not going to go to church today. Oh, the Word of God says to be a doer. Oh, the Bible tells me that I'm supposed to love my enemies, but I don't like that person. I can't even stand seeing that person in church. Well, come to church and ask for forgiveness to that person. Oh, but my wife or my husband, and they, everybody always blame points and finger to somebody else, right? The Bible says that we're supposed to live with each other in peace. So I'm going to be a doer of the Word. If you're not a doer of the Word, you're kidding yourself. We can be religious and have a list of check, check, check. I hope you don't have that list. I hope you have a heart ready for what God is telling you to do. Don't kid yourself. Don't deceive yourself. Become a doer and not just a hearer of the Word. Our Father in Heaven, we want to thank You this morning. Lord, Your your Word is what it is. It's not our opinion. It's what it says. But I pray, Father, this morning that whoever hears this message or any messages in the world will not just hear it just because they have to do what they've been told to do. But whoever hears the Word, your Word, understanding that your Word is powerful in transforming people's lives, That we will be doers of what we hear, Lord. Help us not to deceive ourselves.
Help us, Lord. Because we do need your help. In your name we pray.